time. It's not a big yep. deal. Almost everybody who comes on the podcast coughs and gets sick, sick or breathes. That's not a good promotion. We really don't want, we don't want our guests to breathe, <laughs> but they always do. <laughs> the magic of post editing means that we can um, we can like uh, take a lot of that stuff out. Come on our podcast so you can get sick. That's right. Yeah. Um. So you're basically inhaling bits from everybody else who's been sick. It's awesome. So I get something new. It just it just sticks around in here because guitars are blocking like the air intake and stuff. So. But what everybody doesn't know (laughs) is that if you're already sick and then you breathe in somebody's sickness, double negative. Two negatives equal positive. Cured. Cured. Awesome. Perfect. Their antibodies like make you stronger as you absorb like other people's antibodies. (laughs) You know, they say like science is in nature. Well, like math is also in nature, and that's one of the. Telltale signs. Then eventually there can only be one person who's not sick, just like Highlander. <laughs> who's keeping there, track of time, gentlemen? We, oh, good idea. We do. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to start. I'm gonna the, start mom, a, the mom in the group is going to be concerned. I'm going to start a timer and then, not a timer, stopwatch. Positive, counting up. Okay. Check, check, check. Check. All right. Are you ready, Colin? Are you ready, Zach? Okay, cool. We're going to do this like weird thing and you're going to have no idea what we're doing. Oh, oh uh, real quick. Um. Just hang with us, and we'll introduce you, and then we'll play a song, and then we'll introduce you, like, again more thoroughly. That's basically our formula. Okay. Cool. I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. Who are you? I'm Zach. And I'm Colin, I guess? And welcome welcome to to the the Houseplants Houseplants Podcast. Podcast. You're here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus Christ. And so much more. And we're so happy you're joining us today. Who else is joining us, Zach? We got two really good friends here repping uh, CFI and Thrive Ministry, but today we're just going to talk about CFI. Um, we have Kevin and Shannon Conforti. Woo! Colin is sitting on a wooden box that is going to be his percussive instrument. Yeah, um, so it's called a cajon or a Cajun, but um, it's weird because Cajun chicken, but then cajon actually means d- uh, drawer. That's right, it does. So... What's the correlation between a, a Cajun chicken and a drawer? I don't know. But there's also both a correlation to eating Cajun chicken and there's drawers in the house of a Christian yeah. person. And we're doing Christian worship music. So and that's there's cool. Christian chicken that you can get out on the bypass. It all connects. It's the <laughs> trinity of connection. But not on Sunday. So It's the only chicken you can't get on Sunday. So. <laughs> what? Let's. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. Let's do a song. So this is a song called Above the Noise, Mm -hmm. and um, it is partially inspired by some of the trips that I took to Haiti. And um, it's also kind of based on Paul and how he talks about love in the New Testament and um, how that relates to missions. So here it goes. Let's do it.
before can't remember how many originals you did at thrive <clears throat> well there you go worship done how are you guys doing kevin and shannon we're doing really great thanks for having us here good thank you um it's funny because i have two friends kevin and sharon in florida <laughs> and so the second that i say you guys i want to say sharon instead of shannon but i know <laughs> that uh you're not sharon my friend from florida so there you go anyway cool. yeah <laughs> speaking of other places what are we talking about today, Zach? We are talking about um, their mission organization, which is CFI. And we are talking about um, what's been going on with that, what God has been doing in the country of Haiti. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the needs that are down there. But we're also going to talk about uh, foreign missions in general and uh, how you can uh, get engaged in that as a Christian. Or just mission missions. Too. Just missions in general, even. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah, um, yeah. I guess uh, Shannon and Kevin, uh, why don't we hear a little bit about you all? Um, I guess I'll ask, how did you get involved in ministry um, overseas in the first place? I suppose I'll go first on this one. There you go. Um, I was introduced to overseas missions when I was a little kid, and my parents, some of their best friends, did medical mission trips in Africa, and they would come back and show their slideshows on the wall back in the eighties and show us all their pictures of lions and elephants. And then of course all the work they were doing. So I developed a heart for it. Um, just seriously before I can remember, I was three and four years old when I started seeing those images and I just really was captivated. And Mm -hmm. so I got the opportunity to go on my first overseas mission trip when I was in high school and I was hooked. I was really immature and not ready for a position of leadership and didn't really understand how that call on my life was going to play out. Uh, but 
it started young and it has persisted. And then I think, Kevin, you can certainly answer this, but I would assume that Kevin's experience with missions started when I first dragged him on a trip with me. Yeah, that was um, the first time experiencing a trip. Um, but the first time that, you know, it, I kind of was exposed to it really was in college. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I met this girl and she was pretty cute and, um, <laughs> you know, I liked hanging out with her and she would talk to me about missions. She said, follow me to a foreign land. <clears throat> well... <laughs> She uh, she showed me a bunch of pictures, and then I ended up following her uh, to a foreign land. She, uh, you know, when we were first married, um, I was talking one day about going on a mission trip, or maybe that would be kind of cool. And I just said, "Hey, Shannon, why don't you um, plan a trip and or look into some uh, look into some options for us?" Yeah. And before long, she was actually planning it. So I learned early on to you know be careful what I asked for because she did it. And we ended up going to Africa just about a year into our marriage. And since then, I agree with what Shannon said. It just persisted. She said, I can remember clearly, she said, be careful because once it gets into your bones, Mm. it's just there. And it's been a part, whether it's foreign missions or just serving people, um, it's kind of, it's, it's contagious. Yeah. It, uh, it almost kind of becomes a part of you and you feel like you need to continue that work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, are, are you guys, um, okay, let me ask this, uh, before we get into CFI a little bit, what is your, what would you say is like your current ministries like here? You guys, uh, obviously involved at, at uh, Thrive and stuff, but, um, um, do you guys have, have any, uh, what do you call that? Domestic ministry? I think uh, <laughs> CFI yeah. is domestic ministry too. See, right? Yeah, there's there's a lot of ministry, and I think we get we get caught up into definitions a lot. But I, I try to really, without sounding too pious or or over righteous, everything I do ministry. So I'm a school mm-hmm. teacher. Um, I, I teach you know high school history, and I look at that as ministry because there's a lot of students and uh, that I come in contact with every day, and if they can see that, you know, I, I care about them, not just my subject or, you know, and I'm actually speaking tomorrow to the fellowship of Christian athletes oh, very cool. uh, group oh, at very school, cool. their club. And so, you know, do, volunteering at thrive is something that I really enjoy doing. And, um, there's different ministries with mm-hmm. homeless folks in Madison County that, um, Absolutely. I enjoy participating with. So I completely agree with that. And that for us, missions is not just about going to the quote unquote foreign land, but that we are living out our this call to ministry every day. Yeah. So neither one of us is an ordained pastor, but you know, we have three kids and I feel like I do ministry. ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I have a, to be fair, we have a middle school child, so that's really a mission field sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like we get the opportunity to minister at the soccer field and in the halls of their schools and with the students that we get to work with. And um, I have a regular job just like everybody else. And I get to meet individuals every day who are hurting and who are struggling and who who really need the love of Christ brought to them in a very practical way. So we certainly are involved with our church community and with different things like that that are more quote-unquote recognized missions. But I believe that we do missions every single day just by the lives that we have. Yeah, we should, we'll should. we probably get into that subject a little uh, deeper about kind of the idea of what missions really are. Do they have to be overseas just to be a mission? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the as Christians, our life needs to be about 
the yes. mission of Christ. We we asked the kids at um, recent episode the the one we had the live uh, the youth group kids. We yeah. asked them uh, basically the same question like how can you minister in that career, and that was like a cool thing. They were like, and they're ministering in their context at high school, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 2019, in the current state of things, it's it would be tough, I think, to yeah. be a Christian in high school. But I God think. puts you in a context for a reason. And I would love, I, I do want to interject yeah. that I don't want to give the impression that we are saying that we do these missions every day, even terribly well, or that we're all together effective in it. Uh, so in no way is the call on our lives somehow that we have it perfected. We oh, absolutely yeah. Yeah. don't. And yeah. this is a daily adjustment for us, whether it has to do with Haiti or whether it has to do with Richmond or Berea or the communities where we are every day. Um, and so I don't want anybody to be intimidated that you can get involved in ministry in your community or around the globe as a flawed individual. We were not called as perfect people, but God has been working on our hearts through the ministries that we've been doing. So many, if, amen. If God only called perfect people, <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be very many people called. How, how sure. different yeah. the scriptures would be if every person that God yeah. called upon was a perfect person, right? Um, all right, Zach. What uh, what about some CFI stuff? Let's get into it here. Yeah. Um, first, um, Kevin, would you like to pray for us? Yes, I will. Thank okay. you. Father in heaven, thank you for this day. God, thank you for the day of life. Thank you for um, everything that you've given us, God, from the breath in our lungs to um, the different things that we have to um, keep us going, God, and um, that you've given us. And, and it's uh, it's all a blessing from you, and um, we are thankful for it. And God, I um, just pray that you would bless this time together with Zach and Colin. I pray that you would continue to grow this ministry that uh, with their podcasts and, uh, God be able to, um, uh, talk about different things that impact your kingdom. And, um, father, I pray for Christian flights international, that you would continue to bless the ministry that we're doing in Haiti and, um, that you would bless the Haitians that we work with. And, and father, I just pray that you would, um, fill us with your spirit, that our conversation, uh, would be pleasing to you. Um, and uh, that we would remember why we do this and who we do it for. And that's you, Jesus. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. That's yeah. Um, so uh, CFI as a organization, uh, you guys are um, you have kind of a base camp in a certain particular area of Haiti. So why don't you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that? Oh, real quick. Sorry. Um, can we talk about who they are in CFI? Just like really quick introduce. What sure. Yeah. Because that's, that's, idea. that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So what are your guys is um, positions at CFI? Okay. Well, uh, I am the president of the board of directors and I have been for a few years now. And Shannon, just we are excited to announce that she has accepted the new position of being the executive director of our ministries here in the U.S. Thank you so much. I'll edit that in later. I'll put some applause in. Yeah. Canned <laughs> applause. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Congratulations. That's really awesome. So um, yeah. l- real, real quickly. Board of Directors President. Yes. I'm, 
I understand for the most part what that is. Mm-hmm. What about this uh, a new position? What, what, what does that entail? As of today, yeah. the job is still taking shape. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so blessed by the woman who has had this job for a long time. Her name is Leslie. She'll be staying on as staff as well. So Great. she'll be doing some, her job is, will be adjusting and changing as she pursues God's call in her life in some different areas. Uh, so I'll be working more with individuals in the United States mm-hmm. and in terms of fundraising and building the community of people that cares about CFI. And yeah. so doing things like coming on a podcast and answering questions, even when I have Boom. a cold. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And we really, we want to say to the listeners, we really appreciate it, uh, appreciate Shannon coming on, uh, even though she's not feeling too good. So we appreciate you being here. Thank, Thank you. you. She's being a trooper. She's got her tea. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. cool. All right, so yeah, um, I wanted to ask a little bit about Ron Keat. Like, what's that area like? Tell our listeners about it. Ron Keat is my personal favorite place in the world, probably. Wow, there would be a close second to anything else. Uh, it it is very similar to what people have probably seen on the news. So it doesn't necessarily look like much compared to United States standards. It's um, dusty roads and cactus growing on the side of the roads and people living in this mountain community in Haiti. Uh, But when you get in deeper, it's full of absolutely wonderful, heart-giving people. I mean, they just love each other. They love God. They love their community. I think there's A misrepresentation might be an overstatement, but the images we get on the news are all about just the crippling economy and Uh a lack of resources and illnesses. And those things are all true. So, yes, in Ronquit, there are people in that community who live with almost nothing. There are people there who live with nothing. Um, they, They certainly have their obstacles. But the takeaway really for telling about Ronquit always comes down to telling about the people. Yeah. And they are joyful and they are loving and they are hardworking and they are committed to trying to help their community and help the people there mm-hmm. to rise up to be better. But ultimately, they seek God and they want to come under his lordship and figure out what he might be doing in Haiti, regardless of the image that it projects to the rest of the world. Very cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had the privilege to go down there twice now and um, it is very, very special place. And it's the people that make it special. Unfortunately, I have yet to go, but I've sent Zach with some money in the past. That's my way of helping. But when I can't go. It's a very necessary thing to (laughs) it, it too. Yeah. Yeah. Way to participate. It's um, it's (coughs) it's really it it would be so great if I could if I could um, make that. Well, it would be God that makes that work out for me. So we'll just continue to pray and wait on that time and I can go. But yeah, it'd be so cool. Um, so what are some of the biggest needs in Haiti and Ron Keat in particular? Um, that's a good question. Um, and it's, that it's, is a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. <laughs> I'm um, and it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's hard to answer. Um, it's such a, a diverse place. Um, even the, the town is about 20,000 people. The town of Ronquit has about 20,000 people. Um, and uh, the needs are um, really diverse among those people. Um, we really try to focus on 
um, economic development, so uh-huh. providing helping jo- get jobs and um, things of that nature. And we try to um, provide health care. We have a clinic on campus, nutrition clinic and things like that. So basic medicine, medicinal needs. And then we, of course, um, try to evangelize and disciple the people there. Just, Very awesome. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Just like any country, Kevin and I were sort of talking about this before we came on, and it is impossible to narrow down what the top issues are, just yeah. like it would be hard if you asked people in Richmond or if you asked people in the United States. It depends on who you're asking. Mm-hmm. Um, right. There are people there who are students <clears throat> in school trying to pay for their education and make a better way of, for themselves. Their situation is going to be very different than somebody whose child has been sold into slavery. Those are very diverse issues, and yet they both happen in the same community. Mm-hmm. So we try to focus on three areas that are our pri- the priority that we feel like has developed into a good partnership with them, uh-huh. uh, that the people there care about that. But we can't really narrow down exactly, you know, what the top issues are because it's just as diverse as everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I wouldn't begin to know what the <laughs> – the only thing I can think of that is probably a Richmond, Kentucky need – this is just my personal opinion. They need to do something about the potholes in the street. <laughs> Every time it rains, the potholes that they have apparently yeah. filled, whoosh, and it's a deeper pothole than before. Right. They just and, fill it with whatever. And that's a similarity in Haiti because every time it rains, <laughs> there are some roads that get washed out. There's a lot that's in that, yeah. it, similar it, roads that turn into rivers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I really. Um, you know, I, I view the some of the people down there that I've met, I grow really close to them, and I view them as friends. Um, you know, somebody that's um, a, close to my age is Fresnel. Um, yeah. He's, he's our like translator. Fresnel. Fresnel is, he's awesome. He's my friend. He's got yeah. three kids and a wife, and we share life together. I mean, with the, the marvel of Facebook, and, and, you know, we get to share pictures and life, and... Um, I, I share in his celebrations. I, um, I, I share in his struggles sometimes if, if he needs encouragement. I, and so the needs, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, a great question and it just gets deeper and deeper and more diverse. And we just really yeah. try to follow what, what the Lord is putting on our heart for a given yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. Fresnel has always had distinct things that the Lord puts on his heart mm-hmm. and, um, from what I know about him, he's going to try to get those ministries happening, whether like an organization like CFI is like directly supporting it or not. Like I've seen him do like side, like parallel things before. Right. One of the coolest things that I saw um, when I was down there, he had kind of like a youth fellowship night and everybody kind of came around and hung out and we did some <laughs> worship and um, and sang some songs and stuff. And he took up a, a an offering to help like the more needy members of the community. Mm-hmm. And so this was Haitians supporting other Haitians. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and I thought had, that was really cool. Yeah. So CFI has been in Ronquit for over 40 years, committed to this one Whoa, community. 40 years. It's amazing. I didn't know. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought maybe 20 years tops. And because of that deep commitment to one community, so we're not going a mile wide here. We're going real deep in, yeah. in the thing. We get to know individuals. I 
I think of Belen and I think of Liz Cinder and different right. different people. We we each know tons of people that are doing wonderful things. But to really echo where this conversation started, the Haitian people are doing just like what we're doing. They are living their lives, going to their jobs, raising their kids, and they are trying to serve the needs in their own backyard. They're doing their own missions right there in the exact same way that we feel compelled to do in Richmond. Yeah. We really aren't all that different. We live in a completely different place, but we are brothers and sisters in Christ walking a lot of the same issues out to varying degrees. So, so in that spirit, what would you guys moving on to our kind of our next question there? Um, if you could sum up what CFI is or what CFI does in a nutshell, what would you say? Okay. As long I know as there's a be, lot to unpack with that. As long as it can be a big nutshell. Uh, okay. <laughs> Make the nutshell as Walnut. big as you want. Yeah, a walnut shell. We'll let the listeners yeah. be a big nutcracker and uh, <laughs> crack it down. Go ahead. Uh, you know, well, I mean, it starts off, we're, we're a nonprofit, um, we're a multi-generational ministry. Wow. So we've it's got at there. least 40 years, at least mm-hmm. 40 years. And, yeah. and it's, it's, um, uh, multi-generational in the fact that we've got 70 somethings all the way down to teenagers who are active participants in yeah. the mission. Um, we're also multi-ethnic, so we've got people from uh, Spain and the Canary Islands who participate and travel. Oh, wow. uh, so nonprofit, multi-ethnic, multi-generational ministry um, that s- we serve with Haitians, not to them. If that makes it, you know, we we partner with them. We're alongside. We come alongside with them, um, which kind of makes us different in some ways than other mission organizations. Instead of coming with all the answers and pretending like we have all yeah. the answers, we really try to recognize that we're all in this together. Yeah. Um, and so and we serve with them, and we really work to empower them to let them know to remind them maybe if they've forgotten that, you know, just because their country has some struggles and they personally have some struggles, that they're still children of God, that they're still loved by him and that they have valuable things that they can contribute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And that, and that relationship with them is what dictates where CFI goes. So it's because of the people there that we focus on economic development, discipleship and family health. Those are not CFI's priorities. Those are the people of Ron Keats' priorities. Right. And we have adjusted and evolved as an organization as they have needed us to do that. Mm-hmm. And so a really easy example, we there was a school that was funded primarily by CFI for years and years. And because there was such a need of education in the in the community, the government finally came in and built a school. They don't need us to be in the education business anymore. And so now another individual is running a trade school out of that facility. Uh So it's not wasted space. A Haitian individual, sorry to interrupt there, but it's it's a Haitian, not an American. It's a Haitian who recognized the need. Right. He dreamed this up and he has made this work and he has sought out the resources and the education and the help to make this thing work. Um, There are people there who recognize that women aren't treated very well. And so we come alongside of them and meet with women and do some different projects and uh, different research projects and whatnot to try to help them. But that's because the Haitian people told us that that's a priority. Yeah. Not because we as Americans presume that we know what is going to be best for them. Mm 
that would be a complete disservice to their culture, to their history, and quite frankly, to their value as humans. So would you say that that is one of the things that makes um, Christian flights distinct from maybe other organizations uh, that you guys partner well and you try to let um, the local leadership flourish? So we will never speak for another organization. Kevin and I know this organization intimately because we've been working with it for so long. Yeah. And and we know lots of organizations that we've learned from that do this very thing very well. We've had to learn from other organizations that have shown us that this is a much more effective way. Unfortunately, there are still some, perhaps many organizations out there that believe that Americanizing is the goal. Yeah. And so they go in and and certainly believing that they are helping. um, Absolutely. You know, when people donate clothes to Haiti, they really feel like that's a good thing to do. And they're going to clothe these people who don't have any money and they're doing these gifts and they're doing all this fundraising. And they have no idea that they have absolutely undermined the entire textile economy of Haiti. Yeah. And so their intent I don't mean to judge their heart. The intent is absolutely good and probably very pure, but perhaps somewhat naive. Between everybody in this room, we all know that CFI is by far the best one. All the rest of them are late, so. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real here. Everybody who's listening, all your other organizations, take a note, okay? You're not as good as CFI. I'm that is not endorsed by I Kevin know. and Shannon no. at all. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, um, but um, I, I, just to... I'm not involved with CFI like you all are, but I can say that um, our conversation we had on the phone, one of the things that I took away from that was every time um, you start doing something, you're going to you're going to have learning experiences along the way. Yeah. You guys have been doing this for a really long time. And all these organizations, when they start from scratch, a lot of times they're either on the backs or building on something like another organization or they're starting from scratch and they've got a have those learning curves. Yeah. And so now you guys are like a weathered organization that's had an opportunity to, to, to see room for growth in certain areas. And now you're, I would believe endorse the idea that you guys have, have evolved into a way to best help them as opposed to, you know, what you described, uh, Americanizing or, um, you had mentioned too something about like allocating funds. That's like a lot different now than it used to be in the past. Right. Um, I, Yes. So we have needed to adjust. I was, I had a Facebook memory even pop up yesterday that was about how I was excited to take books to Haiti. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized that who I am today understands just how destructive that was. And so I don't say this from a critiquing standpoint, but we really work hard to make sure that even the money we spend as an organization that we're spending it wisely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so an example of that, if we need to purchase things for the people in Haiti, we do our very best to make sure that we can purchase it in country so that we help their economy. There's probably a great Haitian bookstore somewhere around the corner. There are. We get all our Creole (laughs) Bibles right there in Cap Haitian. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. There are a lot of small decisions and incremental changes that have had to be adjusted as we've gone. We, we are not flawless in this, but we really are trying to learn from organizations that around the world that do it really well and to best serve the people there. That's the best attitude. I think is just to be open to learn what's best. And I think it's something that, um, Christians are still learning. Like, um, I like, um, 
the like your example of the books or the textiles industry trying to support like the local economy wherever we're going. Um, that's something that I a lot of us didn't hear much about until fairly recently. Yeah, right. So I think that a lot of it's a uh, new mindset. I think that a lot of people involved with mission work are starting to um, realize some of these things. So mm-hmm. I'm excited, kind of, for the development of that. I've seen it progress. Would you, been good. would you say that maybe um, one train of thought maybe from the past, again, not pointing fingers to anyone, but one one train of thought might be that in the past you would think like just send money or just bring supplies and, and maybe a, a new train of thought would be to build up that community and strengthen them so that they can be self-sufficient. Would you say that's pretty close? Yeah, I really think that is close. I mean, yeah. you got it right there and it started with a, a well, for us, for our ministry, there's a book. It's titled um, "When Helping Hurts." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, we'll link that in the description too. Yeah, yeah. I it's, actually got a copy of it right there behind you guys. <laughs> oh, I see yeah. it. Yeah, and it's and it's a great book, and it, it talks about some of the very things we do. So empowering the people in the country to bring the change themselves, empowering yeah. them, um, and, and not bringing those things that are going to undercut their economy. And it's very relational and yeah. a lot of those buzzwords in, in ministry today, even here in the U.S. with things being relational and um, yeah. other things like that. And and, and I, I really hope you're right. I hope that that's going to catch on and and spread because, you know, we're um, we're stronger if if we can all be working together and pulling yeah. in the same direction. Yeah. And I this May, I don't mean in any way to be disrespectful with this, but I find it to be very dehumanizing to go in and assume that my money or my stuff yeah. is going to fix my friends in Haiti. Like how it's, I have such a critical <laughs> view of this because um, I've seen firsthand what happens when a Haitian is empowered in to be who they are. And yeah. they solve problems mm-hmm. better than I can. Yeah. I cannot solve the Haitian issues. I they can, know what's going on down there. Absolutely. A little bit better than we do, I would think. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I can come alongside. Yeah. I can be an encourager. Yes. I can be a friend. I can even drum up the resources to make something happen. I can find the money to do it. But in terms of just dumping money into Haiti and dumping our resources in there, if money or the American culture could solve foreign issues like in Haiti, it would have already happened. Hundreds of millions of dollars have gone to Haiti and have not been used wisely and maybe have not been helpful. But what I have seen, there are individuals in Ronquit who have grown through um, the CFI organization. They've gotten to know us over the years who are now leaders and helping. And they are doing things that it astounds me. They go far above anything I could come up with in my own brain. So when we come alongside people and give people dignity, they are able to do so much more than when we come in and presume we know what to do. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I, I would say too, uh, that, um, just from a worship leading standpoint, um, I would much rather hear an authentic Haitian worship song then somebody come in with like a Chris Tomlin That's a good idea. Uh, worship sheet and then have them like sort of echo it back to me. I would yeah. love to like hear them be like, all right, this is like Creole's like original like song. That to me would be so much more impactful and it would be their culture. Yeah. Expressing uh, the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? And, yep. and what's great about that and you would love it 
uh, you know, as a worship leader, yeah. uh, you know, and, and Zach, you can speak to this, being a worship leader and experience, experiencing Haiti, mm. how incredible it is. You can sit in a church service and you have no idea what they're saying, the words in the song. I mean, sometimes you can yeah. pick up the tune, you know, and hear, you know, how great thou art. There's yeah. you know, one of those old hymns that they're probably playing because, you know, maybe the Americans are here and they, they recognize this. Yeah. But some of these organic mm. Haitian songs, they're just, I mean, I, I cry. It's I will cry. You can feel the presence of God, even though you don't know what's being spoken. The spirit exactly. is there. Is it there. is. That is so true. And it's, it's an, it's an offering from the depths of their soul yeah. and they pour it out. And, and that, that relationship, um, is that, that's, that's what builds that. And, you I've know, learned a lot from it. Yes. Yeah. And prayer too. Mm-hmm. Um, to hear uh, people speaking in Creole and praying as we're praying together, um, you know, an American team and some of the Haitian leaders together going back and forth and hearing mm-hmm. some Creole in there and some English in there. Mm-hmm. And um, just knowing that the presence of God is with you. I've only, uh, Zach is so cool. Zach has mm-hmm. described doing some worship over there in Haiti. And um, to echo what you just said about prayer, which I think is fun. Yeah. Uh, you guys obviously know the Vitels. Yes. Vlad and Yegor and their family. Um, well, and I used to, when they first came to FUMC and I used to hang out with them all the time, they would keep asking me after I played basketball with Yegor, they asked me to like, come over and, and like have dinner. And um, their dad, Yuri, would like pray. And since he only yeah. knew like five or six English words, this is kind of, I, I can't speak uh, Russian or, or Ukrainian very well, but it would be like, you know, like Russian, Russian, Russian. And then we'd just be like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And then he would just sing more stuff because he knew that I was there and at least I could understand that. But yeah. even just that much, I was like, oh, man, he's like really into this prayer right now. Mm-hmm. I feel the outpouring of the Holy Spirit yeah. through what he's saying. Yeah. yeah, I think that just speaks to the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit can translate for whatever we need it for. I mean, Zach, we, I don't know if there's a scripture that talks about that. <laughs> <laughs> so watch what you say. It says it says he speaks to the to the father in wordless groans. So we don't even have to bring words. That's the cool part. Yeah. Um, not go. to mention that he literally can interpret and get you to speak a different language. Right. I've not experienced this, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely think it's a more than a possibility. Yeah. All right. So, uh, last one. Um, okay. So yeah, just uh, on the end of our CFI line of questions here, um, both of you, I guess one at a time, maybe can answer, what would you say is your favorite ministry CFI does specifically? Like, what would you say if you could pick one? Um, another good question, but another tough one to narrow it down yeah. to, to one. <laughs> it's like your um, favorite movie or favorite uh, song or something like that. Favorite so. child. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kevin's playing coy. He has one absolute favorite ministry that CFI participates with. Okay, she's right. My favorite ministry that um, we participate in down there is um, it's our nutrition clinic. Mm. And that to me, you know, we provide our donors provide life saving nutrition supplements to babies as as young as six months to as old as five years. And this, uh, it's a peanut butter paste called plumpy nut um, (laughs) that a a French (laughs) nutritionist invented. 
and it's kind of like Laffy Taffy. Is it like Gerber? Is it kind of like baby food? No, it's it's it looks like it, it comes in a pack. It looks like a Cliff Bar. Okay, but it's got a consistency yeah. of Laffy Taffy. It's really sticky, and its primary ingredient is peanuts, which are very abundant on that island. Yeah, yeah. and in other developing countries too, peanuts. And and it's got not as many peanut allergies there either. Uh, exactly, <laughs> um, and it has. All kinds of vitamins <laughs> and minerals, all kinds of it's, – it's chock full of it, uh, nutritional supplement, and babies will – they'll see it and they get all excited yeah. because they know after they've tasted it, they know, and they open it up and the, and the moms or the grandmothers, they will uh, – they'll give it to them. And the babies, and it literally, it saves their lives. It really does. Yeah. It'll take a, a baby who, um, you know, might be three years old and who weighs – 10 pounds. My three-year-old oh, wow. weighs, my three-year-old weighs about 30 pounds. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a newborn baby. 35. 10, 10 pounds is a newborn baby. Right. And, and, and he yeah. or she is three. And, and with the, you know, with the lack of nutrition and the lack of growth and the, I mean, that, that, that stunts their physical growth, but it also hurts their, um, their cognitive development, their brains. Oh yeah. They're so far behind some of them. And, and, and this supplement saves them. And, and I love that program. Every time I go, they meet every Tuesday. I have to be there. And I get to hold babies and Aww. I get to um, participate <laughs> so in this. Cool. And the, the, the cool thing is I get to help. But even when an American isn't there, it happens every Tuesday because it's run by a Haitian nurse. It's run by them. It's not run by Americans. It, and so – that's awesome. They're yeah. totally invested in it, and they are. That's what makes it sustainable. That's Bes- right. Besides yeah. the peanut butter bar thing, you 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 just in general, you guys provide like nutrition stuff for 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 children, adults, whatever's needed at the time. You're saying, right? Well, we, we the clinic is specifically for babies. Oh, okay. Six six months to about five years. Yeah. they'll get. There's milk for the young little babies, mm-hmm. and then there's two different kinds of supplements depending on um, their weight, depending on their measurements. Okay. Um, and so that's just at this nutrition clinic. Yeah. I like, I believe in very specific ministry. So I'm glad, I'm glad that there's just like a one wing for the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's enough in itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. All right, Sharon, Shannon. Oh, oh. Shannon. Sharon, who's married to Kevin. <laughs> I almost did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried. I was doing so good. Go ahead. My favorite ministry we do involves women and family health. I had the opportunity to lead a team that did a an almost unique research project mm-hmm. in Haiti. It's been done in other parts of the world, but we um, worked with the Mother and Child Project and uh, did this research project. And we were able to sit with women and just talk with them for the first time in their lives is what they expressed, that people paid attention to them and wanted to hear what their issues were. Gathered lots and lots of information about what it's really like to be a Haitian woman. It was very eye-opening. Um, lots of abuse, lots yeah. of slavery, lots of rape, and lots of economic struggle struggles on top of that. I mean, it's just one thing after another. And so out of that has come several different things that we work on, but the... For example, this June, I am leading a team that wants to gather stories from these women and prioritize from them what it is that they want CFI to do. 
because it would be easy for me as a woman in America to say, this is my priority. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's not fair. I mean, I, I come from a long lineage of documented women who fought for the right to vote and who have fought for women's rights that matters to me from the legacy I come from. And this is sort of my way of giving back to that. Um, So these women are, I want to hear from them. Is it that they don't, I mean, I know they don't want to sell their children. I I know that they don't want to be starving. I know they don't want to not be married uh, and left without any economic ability. I know they don't want to be denied birth control. I mean, there's the list goes on and on and on. So we need to find out what is their priority and then how do we help kind of go down the list in their order. So that's one of the things we'll be doing. Uh, But we also are starting to work more with children and helping them. We've always worked with children, but we're helping them to understand their identity in Christ. So as a little girl, who are you designed to be in God's um, design? And as a little boy, who are you designed to be in God's order? And how do those relate to each other? So how do we, uh, in their culture, women and men have very distinct roles, and we do not intend to disrupt what their cultural historical views are. I mean, in no way I want to be very clear. We are very respectful of their views. This is not political at all, but we also want to come alongside and help these young men and women and these little boys and girls understand how do we help each other to develop in our skills in Christ and what are the different biblical characters and that are men and women and how did they play out and how did, what's the evidence biblically of how they support each other and how they help each other to find their, their purpose. So those are some of the things that I particularly care about is, is not, I wouldn't call it women's issues necessarily, but it certainly um, does encompass some of that, but it's primarily through their health and through their well Uh, Those are the things that I tend to focus on the most. I think it's cool. I'll just say, uh, and, and you're right. The, we make it a point on the yeah. podcast to never involve like p- political, like yeah, yeah. and all of this stuff. We're we're here to to talk about uh, Christ and in, in, in a good. Discussion. I think the the best way to think about that is just from from our end of things as Americans going down there. Um, I have noticed that like um, there's been a lot of males that are in certain roles as like interpreters and stuff. I always feel like when I'm in Haiti, sometimes the women are like pushed to the background. They're always like cooking and cleaning and stuff, doing things for like the mission team. And I think that that's like really, really important. But what I have wished before is that I've gotten to hear more from like their side of the story, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that that's Mm -hmm. really important. I think that's good work that, that you guys are doing with that. I totally agree. But what I was going to say is just, I think that it, I think that it's super cool that you have been able to say um, American culture aside, let's go with unbiased bias yeah. and say, what does the Haitian community need? Like, what? how can we adjust to their culture, not try and push our own? Because, I mean, regardless of where you sit on the political spectrum, you're going to have American biases. What, yeah, of what course. is a daily concern of yours is not a daily concern of a person in Haiti. Right. And it's just, I mean... I could, I could say, oh no, my battery is at uh, twenty twenty seven percent. Yeah, like what a t- tough day for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody, but seriously, that's like a thing, you know. It's and like, we can make assumptions about what we think Haitians need, but why would we do that when we can just ask them? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Women, exactly. And, women and men. And, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's so beautiful, we take 
teams down all year round. Uh, it's a little different than traditional mission tra- teams for the most part, you know, yeah. but people go and they get connected and invested. We have, I think it's 60% of the people who go, go again and become donors oh. and care mm-hmm. a lot about the ministries that we're doing, yeah. um, building those relationships. I mean, it gives them the opportunity to get invested and offer that encouragement. Mm-hmm. But what's really fun for me as a team leader, as somebody who's gone several times that my teams are so diverse I and mean, we've yeah. taken, I've taken my daughter and our daughter and, but I've also taken people who are very old and we take people all across the political spectrum. And it is so beautiful to get out of this country and to see it doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, independent, libertarian, none of those labels matter there. We are there to serve together and the bigger purpose involves serving Christ. And so some of those differences get to just sort of wash away while we're there. Yeah. Um, And we just get to minister with people. And honestly, the concerns of the United States don't really matter while we're there. Like we're just a team and we are unified with this purpose. And it's a really, really beautiful thing. That's awesome. Yeah. So why don't you guys talk just a little bit uh, before we wrap up? I kind of wanted to talk about how you guys have accomplished so much, um, with sending down teams that stay for a week or two. Mm -hmm. Um, Explain a little bit about like, what's the strategy for um, still making a big impact, even with uh, short-term people? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, Well, everything we do is because of Jesus. Uh, Everything we do. And and I know you guys get that. And, um, and it's, it's, we're his, we're his servants and, um, he allows us to go down there and serve. He calls us to go down there. And that's something really important. You know, um, Ray Jackson, uh, is, is fond of saying that nobody ends up in Haiti by accident. Yeah. Uh, Everyone (laughs) is called there for a specific purpose. And, um, and when Jesus uh, calls us down there, we might think we're going to, you know, build a house or to have a vacation Bible school. But then when we're down there, we realize that the true reason why we're there, maybe it's to get away from something here in the U.S. for a short time, or maybe it's, you know, there could be a, a, many different reasons. Uh, but we go and um, we, uh, being sensitive to that call, um, and it, just like we started at, at the beginning, towards the beginning of the podcast, that the mission is just, it's so contagious. Um, yeah. once, once it gets a hold of you and once you, the, you know, the, how loving and, and caring that the Haitians are and how really that friendship develops and we just, we stay in touch. You know, Shannon yeah. said about 60% of people go back. Um, we stay in touch via Facebook and, um, you know, technology is so amazing where we can do that. Um, and we, we live life together, even though we live, you know, a thousand miles apart yeah. or whatever, whatever the distance is. So really, I think we're able to accomplish so much, Zach, because it's truly a mission led by Jesus. Um, I mean, he is the head of this thing. I might be the president of the board, um, yeah. but he's over all of it and he blesses what we do. Um, and, and so I think that's really how we're really able to do that and get people hooked. You know, we, um, we don't really have to sell the mission with people. They, they just catch it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some misconceptions out there about, um, short-term missions. And I I think that there are people who do it poorly Mm -hmm. and don't really leave an impact. But I think because you guys focus so much on your 
relationships with people down there and, mm-hmm. and letting the Haitian community lead. Yeah. Um, I've always appreciated that about you guys. We, and, I'm sorry. And, and I've even, well, I still hear from Haitian people sometimes on Facebook every once in a while mm-hmm. Fresnel or somebody will still to this day, haven't been in five years. Yeah. They'll still send me a message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's great. We kind of call it, I know short term missions kind of have a, a negative connotation with them uh, recently, but we, we, like to say that it's a short-term mission uh, or a short-term trip, but a long-term commitment. Yeah, Boom. investing for the long run. Yeah, um, is really what we what we do. And you also already mentioned about uh, keeping that relationship up with like Fresnel on Facebook. Yeah, we. Um, some people say that technology can be divisive, but if used with the right spirit, with the right um, um, understanding of like community i think you can you can for sure utilize yep. facebook yeah exactly one of the things we're trying to do on that's the podcast is make a community of just people <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but uh so yeah i think that's pretty cool <laughs> very mm-hmm. awesome i have one to ask okay because we're wrapping up so i'll just ask because i know this is a huge question and i might just have like one follow-up but maybe we can go around each of us and just say in your own words why you think missions in general are important and try and so who wants to start? I can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw in. It's certainly not the entire answer or the full answer. Um, but I would say missions are important because Jesus commands us yeah. to go and to serve yeah. and to love. Got that great commission outlook. Yeah. 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 Whether that's here yeah. in Richmond <laughs> Madison County or, you know, Eastern Kentucky or all the way in Haiti. Yeah. That was going to be my yeah. follow up is do all missions have to be foreign? I, I would say that, um, uh, certain people are just called by God. Like I, I truly believe that when you're called, um, God says, I want you to do this in this community. Yeah. Amen. And if you're, if you're humble and receptive to that, then he will use you to the best of, your usefulness for him. Yeah. Amen. So you just got to be open to it. It's kind of like me with the mission trip. I told Zach, it's like, uh, I've, I've always had opportunities to pay, but I'm, I'm waiting for God to just like push me into a plane. Sure. And, Mm -hmm. but, but there's a lot that I've done as, as like a local community guy. And a lot of that comes from Jake Lee. Um, the way he kind of brought me into Christian Christianity, Mm -hmm. but I, I have a, I have a big passion for local ministry, but it's not that I don't have a passion for, for going overseas, but. And these, these things don't have to compete. They don't. No, that I didn't mean that. National, I was just local ministries yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. go right alongside of each other. If you're they a are Christian, not in competition at all. Your life is mission. Hate exactly. to say it. Yeah. If you want to get out of it, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're commanded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Shannon, what about you? Why is missions important? Why, why are they important to you? I would absolutely echo what Kevin said. Mm-hmm. Very selfishly, I would say it's life-giving. That for Ooh. me, as a 30-something mom of three kids with a dog and the mortgage and the job and life that just sort of goes and goes and goes and goes, this gives me something to focus on that is completely out of myself and that I have to trust and rely completely on whatever God is doing. And yeah. that reminds me and encourages me to bring more of that reliance into my daily life as well. Mm-hmm. And so for me, this gives me purpose that I don't find in other ways. Yeah. And again, that's that's almost a selfish answer, but I, I absolutely believe that 
that Christ commands it. But in addition to that, I also believe that it's for my own good. Yeah. My mom, uh, who for, for a long time was not really involved in church in any way. Um, and that's a long story, but, uh, she told, she told me recently she got involved in a Methodist church in Michigan for a lot of the same reasons. And I explained to her, I was like, if you get involved in something, if, if like a church gets you involved, it's almost as if you are, uh, you're feeling the joy of God in yeah. you for doing something mm. good. It, it fills you up, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Zach? I would say, um, and I would, I think everything that both of you guys said is absolutely true. So I would just add that um, it's important to God and it's important that we reflect Christ and we're called to be like Christ mm-hmm. and Christ himself is on mission. I mean, he came from heaven here to earth. That was his like stepping out, setting glory aside the temporarily. Ultimate mission. <laughs> the ultimate mission uh, trip. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah 30 awesome. years, long term missionary <laughs> <laughs> and and forever he will reign. And so, yeah, I mean, that's Amen. Christ's whole life is mission. So I think that's why we're called to it. Mm-hmm. All right. So I know you guys have to go. It's definitely time. But I can't. Uh, if you have, to, if you say we can't, we got to go. I understand. But we ask every guest the same question. It's Jessica, my wife Jessica's question, which is, if you could do one thing, if you could change one thing about the current state of of the church, uh, the church body, yeah, or see something done better, see something uh, be taken out of the church, see something uh, improved or yeah. built up, what would it be? First of all, real quick, as, as, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right at the end, as as a longtime listener of the House Plants podcast, yeah. I can't believe that I wasn't prepared for this question. As a longtime, every podcast, every episode, oh, we didn't write it on the notes. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, it's it's better that it's impromptu. I know it's hard to explain, but after you've yeah. talked for like an hour, but, it's good to get like where you're yeah. welled up in the spirit. Yeah. yeah um, so take your time. We always edit it out. Like if yeah. people have done it, like take a while i'll let shannon answer this one first i will Go. say that ken asked for like two or three minutes so in the podcast you can't tell but like we edit out like a big chunk where he waits and, and thinks about it for a while okay so if ken asked for two or three minutes and he's uh, an esteemed pastor we should get at least 15 or 20 i mean prepare your little sermon theorem and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be different than what somebody else said i i personally find each of the the guests thing profound but they're also yeah. relational and that they all kind of are saying some of the same stuff too. sure so it's fine. <laughs> so the question is that what we would change in the Christian community or the church? Or see get better or see taken away something, uh, done away with something. Could be built negative up. or positive. <laughs> yeah, well, change change yeah. is like a strong word, but you get what I'm trying to say. Um, what would I, you want to see? This has absolutely nothing to do with Haiti. Okay, yeah, And that's fine. everything just to do with my Perfect. own personal journey. And it might open up a big can of worms for another episode. Uh, I We'd would really like <laughs> to see the church... Develop some skill sets to handle the mental health crisis that we have. Ah, mm. We have um, epidemic levels of anxiety and depression that are crippling people. Um, good, good Christian people mm. are being completely brought down by um, issues and mental health issues that may or may not be treatable with medicine and counseling. And I don't believe that the answer of just pray it out or be more faithful is sufficient. In fact, I think it's unbiblical and I think it's harmful. And so for me, the the number one thing that I would change about the church has to do with how we address mental health. We might want to get Melissa Kozar 
on the podcast because she will be a good guest for that therapist. Love her. She would be a great addition. All right, Kevin, real quick. What do you got? I'm sorry I said real quick, but (laughs) you still you still thinking about it? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, okay. I I don't know how to articulate, um, but I guess the, the, the simplest way is I would love to see. And this doesn't mean that. You know, everyone does it poorly. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, a major epidemic. Um, But I think far too often, myself included, we take our eye off the ball. And in this Mm -hmm. case, the ball being Jesus, we get distracted by music. Uh, You know, I don't like the music or I didn't like the preaching or (laughs) I didn't like, you know, and, and, and all that stuff is important to supplement, but it's, and it's all worship. And if the music is a little off key, I wouldn't recognize it because I, (laughs) but it's, it's there. The person is singing and and pouring their heart out and, you know, but, but it, but I would love to see more of a renewed focus on Jesus. And it's not like Jesus is being like pitched at us at 90 miles per hour either. Like it's literally like T-ball that he's wanting us to play. (laughs) Don't take your eye off the ball. Exactly. (laughs) Do you think people are easily distracted to the point where they just can't focus? I think it could be. Based on little things like that? I I think they could get caught up in in things like, you know, music or the the carpet needs to be replaced in the church because there Ah. was a communion spill or there was, you know, but and they take their eye off the fact that it's we're here to worship Jesus. Um, and it's not about us. Exactly. And, and, and we live in such a, a me centric culture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this and I, that. Okay. Well, very cool. I absolutely agree. I'm so happy that you guys are here. I know you have to go. So yeah. we will just say thank you so much for being a part of so the podcast. So wait a second. Shannon, first of all, congratulations again yes. on thank your new you job. That and is very thank exciting. thank you for having us. Yeah, thank yes. you very much. We had a blast. Yeah. A blast. I love we this. Are, we are super excited to air this episode. Where can we find you guys? What do you want to plug? What's the social media? Okay, well, Christian Flights International <laughs> is is the name of the organization. Is there a .com? It's christianflights.org. Okay. okay. Christianflights.org. And then your Facebook. And, and, and then yeah. our Facebook, you know, just Christian Flights International. We're on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram. Very CFI cool. Haiti is where you can find us. So that's Sweet. where. Awesome. Anything else to plug? All right. Cool. Well, make sure you visit us at Houseplants Podcast everywhere on social media. Yeah, we um we are uh, when this episode airs, there will be a lot of new stuff on our Patreon. So if you want to check that out, that would be really awesome. Make sure you leave us some kind of review or even just tap the five stars on the podcast app and let (laughs) people know that you like this podcast, that it's a good podcast to listen to. And then also feel free to message us on any of our like we check DMs. We even have a phone number. You can call leave messages if you want to. We promise it exists. I seem to have lost it at some point, but I will find it again. (laughs) All right. Well, we really appreciate you guys listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks again. Peace out. Right.